0: Hey, it's April 14th, 2022. I'm Dorinda Trick, and you have just tuned in to this week's episode of Nurtured to Love. This is a weekly look at how God made us, spirit, soul, and body, what difference it makes, and how you can discover who you truly are and your divine purpose for living when you know who you are in your spirit. Hey everybody, good to be with you again this week and to continue to march through these seven redemptive gifts or spiritual identities from God that uh, we are looking at in a book entitled Opening the Gift, which I wrote a few years back. Um, As promised, uh, each week I like to share a quote, fingerprint of God, end quote, and just for clarity uh, I want to define that for those who might be new to uh, what we're doing here. A fingerprint of God is a very specific way that God deposits His love in your spirit. Each one of us is designed differently. There may be seven sort of Uh, you know, dimensions of God's nature that we all possess. And these, again, parallel these identities, redemptive gifts or spiritual identities that I speak of. There are seven sort of dimensions of the nature of God that we're looking at. But within those dimensions, are as many uh, different kinds of folks and different kinds of wiring because of background and life experience and gender and all kinds of things uh, that impact the gift, right? The, the identity. Um, as a redemptive gift of mercy, which is my primary spiritual identity, I really receive from God through nature. And on, on today, uh, this morning, on my morning walk, um, I looked up in the sky, and just, uh, just above the treetops, the sun was just blazing, um, you know, in the sky. It was just a, a brilliant, brilliant sunshine this morning, and I felt um, the power of God, the presence of God so distinctly, and felt absolutely touched by the Lord. Just a reminder uh, to you about your spirit and what, there are many things that distinguish your spirit from your soul, but one thing that came to my mind today was the fact that my spirit responds to light, period. The sunlight, uh, you know, any light, my spirit carries a portion of God's light in it, and so It's a a good thing to turn your spirit into the light of God and to do maybe what I did today. I I would suggest that you consider doing it, Um, and that is that I prayed when when God touched me with his finger like he did this morning on my walk. I just said, Lord, I turn my spirit into your light and just shine your light on my light today, Lord, and expand my light, brighten my light. Um, That is an absolutely legitimate thing for you to do. And it's something you can even do at night, right before you fall asleep. It's a great time to have that kind of encounter, do that sort of spiritual transacting with the Lord, because once you fall asleep at night, your soul is more subdued. And why is that? Remember from our earlier studies in this uh, podcast that you learned that your soul is dependent on your body. So if your body is asleep, then your soul is uh, greatly diminished. And this is why so many times the Lord can really get through and communicate with us at night when we're sleeping, because again, our soul is not uh you know, creating the interference that it, it, it oftentimes does when we are trying to connect with the Lord during our waking hours. So, uh, a little bit of a mini lesson right there just about your spirit, which is walking with a portion of the light of God in it. In that light is the wisdom that you need for the life that God knew that was before you. And that is why we know that the Word of God is absolutely true when we read uh, that we have been given everything we need for life and godliness. So let's look at chapter 9, the redemptive gift of a ruler, this week. Got a couple of testimonies here, and um, I'll begin with this one. Listen with your spirit. Understanding I'm a ruler shows me it's easy for me to be more task-oriented than people-oriented. I try to stay aware of that and be more intentional. I constantly bring my mind back to ask the question, Is this what God wants, even though I know I have the ability to do it? Does He want me to insert myself into this? Does He want me to lead or just be a team member? God's given me some amazing abilities that really shine, but they can shine even in my own strength. This is a stronghold I must be aware of, doing things in my own power. Freedom comes when I remain in the will of God. And let me just give you a quick side note here, each of these redemptive gifts has a principle or law of truth that applies to it. And I haven't mentioned it maybe for every gift that I've taught, but uh, in this testimony, the word freedom uh, really stands out because the the principle that applies to people who are designed this way, maybe it's you, maybe you recognize you are a redemptive gift of ruler, and freedom is what you need to master. And freedom comes from obedience to God. So put that you know away, make, sort of make a note of that in your mind, and we'll go into that a little bit more lately, or later. Rather. The next testimony is, Understanding my redemptive gifts of prophet and ruler has given me a greater depth of knowledge of myself and the role I play in the world. I believe it has freed me to be more of who I am and what I was meant to be. Before I understood this, I held back, trying to lie low and not be such a big voice in the room. Now, I am more comfortable than ever with my leadership, my ability to see things others do not understand, and my ability to lead people down a trail, even when most of the time there is no trail there. (laughs) I now understand I have a pioneering spirit in these gifts that calls me to lead others into new places with new life-giving ideas, and divine design. This has helped me in my business and my mission as well. Okay. Now we're going to get into behavioral characteristics again this week. And uh, we find those uh, on page 86 if you're tracking with me in the book. and We're going to begin with Spiritual Father whether you're male or female, you are a spiritual parent to other people. You are made to nurture the human spirit. Um, There are seven days of creation, the uh, seven days parallel, the seven redemptive gifts. The sixth day of creation was the day that God uh, created the human spirit And so even though rulers are very gifted at leadership and organization and that sort of thing, their primary call is to be, again, spiritual mothers and fathers. We'll get into it more later. This is the third gift, the ruler, the third of what we call the generational gifts. They possess a greater ability to reproduce um, values That transmit into the generations that follow them. And of course, the values can be for good or evil. And our aim as believers, of course, is to transmit kingdom of God values uh, into the lives of our physical and spiritual seed which means, you know, our own children, our our blood-related children, or, you know, for those of us who didn't have children of their own, that would include myself, we know that there are spiritual children in our lives, younger people that we have uh, mentored and counseled and encouraged, and what we put into them, particularly if we have the ruler anointing which is that empowerment by God based on our design to be generational in our impact, then we know that as we do these uh, do perform these roles or uh, you know counseling and encouraging, exhorting and mentoring that there's going to be a greater impact for God's kingdom because of his anointing in us based on our design the ruler is a is an empire builder is god's empire builder and made by god to look at anything and want to make it bigger you may be married to someone like this i am (laughs) i'm married to a man who builds homes for a living and um and he's built all the homes we've lived in and we are now in the third one (laughs) and um he, it's, you know, many times when I thought we might go smaller, we have gone larger because he is made by God to look at anything and want to make it bigger. People like Noah come to mind, huh? And Solomon, Nehemiah, and Joseph. Joseph. Rulers are made to take a vision, break it down, and put an effective plan together to implement the vision. We really desperately need them um, all over the place, and particularly in church life, because so many times elder boards, governing boards, that sort of thing, are populated with folks who are not rulers by design, They don't really have um, the strength a strength in the organizing and the breaking down of vision. We always need someone who can help us take that wonderful vision that God's given us, right, and break it down and implement it. That's what the ruler does. It's truly their easy strength. And we know, don't we, that uh, rulers are clear leaders. You can see it from a mile off. They thrive under pressure. They like to put others under pressure. I know that from personal experience. They are in excellent control of their time, which is something, a lesson that many of us could learn from. They get the job done. They're very resilient. They can withstand strong opposition. Nehemiah is a perfect example of that. They take on more tasks than is normally possible uh, to finish in order I'm sorry, they take on more tasks than is normally possible in order to finish in the time allowed. That may sound a little jumbled up there, but they are able to do many things quickly and well. They have, again, a tremendous ability to focus that is just an invaluable asset that they bring to the table. They own their own problems. They have no welfare mentality about them whatsoever. They don't do not look to other people to help them. They you know, here's the idea. You give them the job, you give them the deadline for the job, right? And then the resources needed and get out of their way. They do not like to be micromanaged and even in marriage I've seen this with my husband. He doesn't appreciate me sort of clucking over him, right? He doesn't need me (laughs) to uh, fuss over him. He, you know, maybe he's not verbalizing all the things that he's going to do in the steps of a project, you know, that, that we're, you know, we have here at the house. And that might trigger my anxiety, because I think he's not thinking of all the things that I I want him to think about. But he is thinking about them. And I'm quickly told that. (laughs) Um, So that, you know, I just, shut up so that he can continue to focus and get that job done. They're very independent folks, the rulers. Remember, this can apply to men and women. And so this is also quite a lot like the giver that we talked about last time. Givers are independent. Rulers are independent. Um, they're not malicious. Remember I mentioned that givers are not usually very appreciative and very grateful people. They don't tend to express gratitude, which can be a real relational um, disconnect uh between them and other people because you know we need to express appreciation um in relationship it's a it's a good way to to develop relationships and to develop bonds with people right people need to feel respected and appreciated and so like the givers who that's a real weakness for them to do that rulers are similar they're not malicious though Although they may not need others, others need them. Absolutely. Especially to receive that spiritual parenting, that mothering or fathering from a spiritual standpoint. Finally, uh, I have here the word strategic. And what this means is that the ruler knows how to position imperfect people in organizations they're, they're going to be quite different from a prophet who tends toward perfectionism. Even mercies tend toward perfectionism. And so when it comes to recruiting people for uh, a job, uh, they can have a bit of a time of it, right? Because they're looking for just, just the right candidates, right? Just the right employee, just the right volunteers. But rulers are able to take imperfect people and get the job done because they are made by God to bring out the best in people. That's God's best for a godly ruler, is that they don't become a slave master uh, putting the project ahead of people, but they learn how to bring the best out of people, and then the project gets done beautifully and maybe maybe even more quickly, I would say, because of this uh, good feeling, this um, skill that the ruler has in uh, knowing how to, to create an environment that is conducive to uh, productivity, right? Remember we talked about the giver being able to produce a climate or atmosphere that's very family-oriented? Um, I don't think that's an exact, uh, you know, parallel for the um, ruler. Uh, they're not s- as much family-oriented as they are uh, efficiency-oriented, Um and the mature ruler is going to blend their tremendous skill with uh, uh, the tremendous skill they have of breaking down vision um, and putting an effective plan together to implement vision. They're going to blend that with an extraordinary gift at uh, recruiting people bringing the best out of people. We really need these folks. We need these folks that we can see all around us in in culture and secular settings to become citizens of God, right, so that they can then partner with God, which we call dominion, remember, Um, partnering with him to get his agenda accomplished, which is the ultimate and supreme agenda on earth, right? We're going to look at the ruler in Scripture, as we've been doing every week. After we get through with the behaviors, we're going to look at Scripture. Unprecedented life came on the sixth day of creation, the ruler's day. This was the day God created animals, insects, and human beings. God's blessing on the ruler is to prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, and subdue it. Now listen with your spirit to Genesis chapter 1, verses 24 through 31 from the message translation. God spoke, Earth generate life, every sort and kind, cattle and reptiles and wild animals, all kinds. And there it was, wild animals of every kind, cattle of all kinds, every sort of reptile and bug, God saw that it was good. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature, so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of earth. God created human beings, He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God bless them, prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge. Be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of earth. Then God said, I've given you every sort of seed-bearing plant on earth and every kind of fruit-bearing tree, given them to you for food, to all animals and all birds, everything that moves and breathes. I give whatever grows out of the ground for food and there it was. God looked over everything he had made. It was so good, so very good. It was evening. It was morning, day six. On the sixth day of creation, the ruler's day, God breathes life into the first man, creating the human spirit. So as good as you are at organizing and leading people, God's primary purpose for you, ruler, is to nurture people's spirits. In this way, the community you develop is based on unity of spirit, not just getting a task done. True leadership is not about titles or positions. It is based on the degree to which you are submitted to God's law and are life-giving to those around you. You develop spiritual authority when you do three things. Number one, receive from God. Number two, give others what God's given to you. And number three, walk in dominion. This is the sequence for the ruler, as well as all the gifts. You know, the word dominion can be a bit intimidating, but there's no mystery here, right? It's simply partnering with God to do His will in His time, and it is a gift. Dominion is a gift from God. He doesn't release it to us until we're ready for it. Dominion is the gift God gave very specifically to the ruler on the sixth day of creation when he told Adam to both subdue the earth and have dominion over every living creature. Genesis 1.28 You possess a sp- special authority to bless. Why? Because God blessed and gave dominion to man on the ruler's day. You have an authority and blessing that passes on authority to other people. You know, some people can bless you, and it's nice, but in a few hours or days, it's gone and forgotten. But there are other people who know who they are in God and possess their birthrights. They know who they are and who God made them to be, and they possess that, and they possess it as nurturers to the Spirit. The blessing they speak to you imparts spiritual power. And authority to you, you don't forget it, and you're never the same again. Another point to make here about the ruler is that you can be tempted as a ruler, and this is actually quite common. Not you can most all of all of us are when we're, when you're a ruler, you're you're tempted to exert power to get the job done. Okay. But God shows you how true power is found in His love. That's a tough one. Our culture doesn't like that, won't accept it, perceives it as weakness. This is true warfare. It really is. Let's get into the birthright and battlefield for the redemptive gift of ruler. The birthright, who the ruler is and who he is meant to be, is a person who imparts authority to, By blessing his physical and spiritual seed. Again, I mentioned a minute ago, but I think it bears uh, repeating that physical and spiritual seed refers to your own seed, your own children, right? Your children, your grandchildren. And spiritual seed refers to those young men and women, younger than yourself, perhaps you are mentoring, you are. Uh, counseling. You are advising and uh, encouraging and exhorting in their walk with God. So the ruler is a person who imparts authority by blessing his physical and spiritual seed. Really, and some who are listening may remember me sharing this, in 2007 when I sat down at home one day alone and put in a DVD that I had no idea what was going to happen when I started watching this uh, DVD and that my life would change forever. (laughs) But I uh, watched uh, the basic seminar on nurturing the human spirit by a man named Arthur Burke. Um, The DVD showed him in a ballroom in a hotel somewhere in Austin, Texas in, again, 2007. 2007 yeah, 2007. I guess it might have been 2008 that I actually saw it. But um, anyway, I received an impartation that day. I'm fully convinced of that Um, all these years later. And the authority, there was an authority that was imparted to me. Um, I believe it was because Mr. Burke was operating in a ruler anointing on that day uh, that he was conducting this seminar uh, that I watched. And so that um, gift of impartation, that opportunity to receive an empowerment from God um, was available and I grabbed it. Physical seed again refers to your natural-born children, and spiritual seed to those you mentor who are in a spiritual relationship with you. And so, there has—I've not really had an no up-close and personal uh, relationship with Mr. Burke, but I did receive from him on that day through that uh, teaching, and received much more beyond that in other teaching and books that he has published. So there's, the, there's this absolute possibility, this is abs- absolutely legitimate, uh, for you to receive impartation, an impartation of um, God's power from a mentor, uh, from a spiritual leader in your life. And rulers are those kinds of folks. As I mentioned earlier, I don't have children of my own, so it has been a tremendous reward to me to be a spiritual parent. In God's loving kindness, this is a way He has compensated me. And the spiritual coaching I do reflects the ruler portion of God's nature in me. This is because it is the ruler that is made to nurture people's spirits. Another part of the birthright of the redemptive gift of ruler is to go beyond obeying God to honoring God. So this means seeking God's desires over your own and leading a lifestyle of freedom and holiness by placing the entire content of your life in his hands. The battle here is freedom versus slavery. Freedom for the ruler comes down to a desire to depend on and honor the Lord more than building your own kingdom. You know, rulers are so very gifted to get things done and get people to do things. So it's easy for them to believe that they must rely on themselves instead of God. But this is the lie that Satan has been trying to get us all to buy since the Garden of Eden. And it is a trap for everyone, but even more so for the ruler Because they're made by God to be excellent in completing tasks. Thing is, God never meant for the task to get ahead of His power demonstrated in love and truth. God's power source is love. Now, I couldn't finish this teaching. It wouldn't be complete without me including the story of one of God's great rulers, a man by the name of Gunnar Olsen. In May 2003... I had the amazing privilege of spending an afternoon sitting in his living room, and he, his home was in a little town called Erbru, Sweden. My husband and I had been, invite, had been invited to a Christian meeting there uh, by some friends here in Alabama, and so we flew all the way over to Sweden, a, a, a country, a nation I had never really thought much of at all, didn't know anything about it. And we were there for a week-long Christian meeting, at which time we met this beautiful man in the Lord named Gunnar Olsen. I sat in his living room and watched and listened while he shared from his heart about the Lord. The fullness of God was so great in this man that I began to weep and couldn't stop for quite some time before leaving his home. You know, I realize now that God was doing some, um, I think, some surgery in me on that day. Um, I had never been in the presence of a man um, who was so sold out to the Lord, but not in a way that was in any way uh, like a performance. He was had a very gentle and lowly spirit, just like the Lord. And I was just absolutely undone by God's presence Uh, in his home and in him. Let me give you a little background. In 1985, this man, I mentioned Gunnar Olsen, uh, he was a Swedish plastics manufacturer, and he founded the International Christian Chamber of Commerce. ICCC is the quick way to, to say it, the shorthand an international organization whose mission it is to bring God's kingdom rule to the marketplaces of the world through its local and national chambers. ICCC was born out of Gunnar's heart to go beyond being a mere Christian businessman to being a vessel, one the Lord could use in the marketplace to bring the breath and life of God to people and nations. He wrote a book, and the book is entitled Business Unlimited Memories of the Coming Kingdom. I highly recommend it. And Gunnar tells the story in this book of how the Lord gave him great favor with people and businessmen and even heads of state as he came and brought God's power for healing and restoration to their situations. The thing that distinguishes Gunnar from many others is his decisive dedication to honoring the Lord and his recognition from God that love is the key to our lives, not power. Gunnar learned that when you break the law of love, the consequence is the disappearance of the presence of God. Time and time again, the Lord showed Gunnar the way to love people and things and as Gunnar followed God's promptings, often to the agony of his soul, miracles happened. Jesus said, Listen with your spirit. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Mark eleven twenty three. The ruler is called to have dominion over created things. Gunnar dared to believe the Word of God and by faith spoke to mountains to move, and they did. His spirit was alive and attentive to the Spirit of God in such a way that he forgot himself and just did what God wanted him to do, which resulted in God getting great glory. Many businessmen and women believe the only legitimate way to serve the Lord is behind a pulpit, but God showed Gunnar how to bring the kingdom of God right down to the factory floor, to the marketplace itself. This study of the redemptive gifts is one tool that God's using to position us to be able to redeem our entire culture, the majority of which exists outside the four walls of the church, right? Rulers must study ways to do the things they already are called to do and discover, with the help of Holy Spirit, the particular way that will bring honor and glory to God. This calls for humility, right, in the, in the ruler, which is greatly pleasing to God. The birthright is not to make a slave of yourself and everyone around you by getting a tremendous amount of work done, but to earn spiritual authority by being obedient and honoring God. Then the ruler will have dominion over spiritual things and be able to release that dominion to the generations that follow. The foundation must be a bedrock of righteousness. This is the seedbed for everything that God wants to release through the redemptive gift of ruler." Yes. That was a tremendous season in my life. I I wasn't looking for it. I was only five years old in the Lord. I had come to the Lord in 1998, at 38 years of age. My husband came to the Lord. We came together. He was 30. Uh, I was 38. He was 50. We were water baptized together. Um, we were babies in the Lord. Just five years later, I just absolutely count this as the favor of God on our lives that He would put us in touch with the ICCC and with Gunnar Olsen and with many men and women of God from all parts of the world that we worshiped and received instruction together at, you know, various places and meetings uh, over a number of years. Both my husband and myself served in leadership in the organization at different times, Um, and just just the beauty of a man submitted to God just his heart totally given over to the Lord who wanted to see the business life redeemed you know because so many people who are believers feel like business and the business part of their lives is sort of you know i don't know dirty unclean not not worthy you know only uh, the only legitimate ministry occurs inside the four walls of a church and and um Gunnar heard god's heart you know that that of course, there is no secular and sacred in in the world I mean that's simply something that we've concocted, but God wants all things to be touched by his love and his power and his healing and um So it was just a beautiful time, and I'm very grateful for it. And I'm very grateful that as I wrote this book and I came to the point where it was time to write about the redemptive gift of ruler, that I had this experience with this man, uh, Gunnar. Let me tell you one more story real quick. I know that really I have as much time as I want here, but um, after Gunnar lost his wife, he came to our home for several days in the winter one year to just get away to have some time to rest and um, to grieve. And he brought his adult son with him and they stayed in our home. At that time, I was still working as a licensed professional counselor and uh, I was, you know, going to work every day. And one morning as I was uh, moving around in my kitchen, I guess, you know, getting some breakfast and getting ready to go, Gunnar came out into a sitting area um, outside my kitchen and we began to engage in conversation and he um mentioned uh the loss of his wife and how difficult that had been and how he would like to talk with someone about that and indicated that he would like if you know he would even like to speak with me and and that sort of thing and i was immature at the time and you know we're still all maturing are we not and I, I, you know, I, I really didn't take his words seriously, and I, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, I just sort of blew him off. Um, and then I went off to work. I mean, I, I did, I'm sure, have some things on my mind, because I needed to get back to the office and, and go to work. But it didn't take long for Holy Spirit to convict me. And I was just really just heartbroken that he had reached out for some help, and I had um, behaved in the way that I had behaved. Um, And so I I cried out to the Lord, Lord, please give me another opportunity, another chance to um, sit with him and speak with him and bring comfort to him because he so dearly loved his wife and um it was a difficult time for him and he was at our home for the express purpose of resting and recovering and and being strengthened so um i don't remember exactly how that second chance uh presented itself but it did and i think it was just the very next morning that we sat together probably with a cup of coffee in my little kitchen nook area um and he began to share his heart about the loss of his wife and how hopeless he felt about his future And this man, who occupied such a high platform and was so beloved by so many, and had fought so many wars for the Lord, so many battles for the Lord, and had been obedient to the Lord, again, not a perfect man, none of us are, but he was definitely um, a lover of God. And I felt so loved by God, this was a fingerprint for me back then, but I didn't know to call it that, I felt so loved by God that the Lord would allow me to speak into His life and to bring comfort, and to bring counsel. And, um, you know, I had worked with people before who had lost loved ones, but but this felt so very special, so appointed by God, and it was. And so um, one of the things that I want to say to you as you listen to this uh, stuff that I'm teaching is that, you know, we do ourselves no favors when we don't view ourselves with the nobility, the dignity, integrity that the Lord wants us to to see ourselves uh, as. He wants us to walk nobly. He wants us to walk in dignity. Um, Again, walking carefully and thoughtfully and prayerfully. And and that wasn't something that I was ready to understand uh, the way I am understanding it today. The Lord was beginning to shift me and change me. I didn't really think I needed any changing, right? But that encounter with Gunnar Olsen, that opportunity to come that close to him was something I'll never forget, I'll always treasure, and it is the epitome of a balanced ruler, a person who has received a measure of healing, enough in their life, I would say, to be able to lead um, to be that person to uh, transmit generational blessings to countless others, uh, you know, primarily spiritual seed because he only had two physical seed, two, two children that were his physical seed, but there were thousands of businessmen and women who were Touched and probably continue to be touched through the teachings of ICCC. This organization still exists. Uh, We're no longer involved, but um, it was such a precious time. So I just want to share that with you. And, you know, one way to say it is take yourself more seriously. The Lord wants you to know that He sees you uh, as a beautiful, noble subject of His kingdom. Now listen with your spirit to the blessing for the ruler for this week. Beloved, I call the ruler portion of your spirit to the front. Ruler, you parallel the sixth day of creation, the day God created animals, insects, and human beings. Here is a vivid picture of your tremendous design. The DNA of God inside you reflects the ever-expanding nature of God, His universe, and the wide diversity, found in His creation. I bless you, ruler, with knowing in your spirit that you are made in the image of God. I bless you with deep recognition you are a son to your Father, and the gifts He's deposited in you are good. Not only did God create you in His very own image, but He commanded you to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. I bless you, ruler, to receive God's breath of life inside you, Breath represents spirit, your innermost being, the part of you made to receive directly from God, just like I did this morning, remember on my walk to the farm. The Word of God in Genesis 2-7 states, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. God is spirit, and He nurtures your spirit. I bless you with allowing the Lord to nurture you so you can nurture the spirit of those He brings into your life. I bless you, ruler, with winning the battle of freedom versus slavery. You may have been trained or conditioned as a child by an authority figure who did not know his God. Consequently, the slave master, Satan, may have established a beachhead in your life. I bless your spirit with hearing the spirit of truth speak and tell you who you are in God's eyes and that your legitimacy is in Him, and Him alone. Make no mistake, your great ability to motivate and lead, take a vision, break it down, put together an effective plan, is your redemptive gift from God. I bless you to remain submitted to God's agenda as you do the work He's planned in advance for you to do, the work of life-giving leadership that frees I bless you, ruler, to know your birthright in full, not just the part that may come easily to you. I bless you to blend the great anointing of God to work with people and get things done with an equal anointing to nurture people's spirits in the values of the everlasting kingdom of our God and his Christ. In Jesus' name, I bless you. Thank you again so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Nurtured to Love. We're going to continue to march through the book, Opening the Gift, and next week we'll look at the redemptive gift of mercy. God bless you this Easter. Bless you especially on one of the holiest days of all, Good Friday tomorrow. Bless your spirit with receiving a deep deposit of the love of God as we look on the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ.